Welcome to the Mafia Minute, where every second counts for y'all in the Bills Mafia. I'm Magna Mills, got a filling in as a host here. I got Jamie G, Soup Deucers around here somewhere, and it's all Buffalo Bills all the time. Jamie G was at the Bills victory at the Commanders last week, so he's got a lot to say. Uh, Jamie G, go ahead, uh, take it from here, brother. Yes, and and let me just start this off. Thank you, Megan Mills. Let me just start this off by saying, Bills Mafia, you are incredible. This game, heading into the stadium, I'm literally doing, hey, I mean, there's Let's Go Buffalo Chance, shout song. It's all you can hear. We get into the stadium. Conservatively speaking, 80% of the stadium is blue and Bills fans. I think it might have been closer to 90. I mean, there was literally such lopsided. It was Bills fans all over the place. It was incredible. I mean, at parts of the game, you know, the the defense, Jordan Phillips is famous for kind of like pumping up the crowd and stuff. We're in it. This is an away game for us. We're, it's third and seven. And Jordan Phillips is pumping up the crowd. And it's the loudest, the, the, the loudest the stadium was all day. So it just goes to show you how great Bill's Mafia traveled. It was awesome. There's also a bunch of Bill's fans in the Washington, D.C. area. I think there was four or five Bill's backers groups from Northern Virginia, uh, D.C., and Maryland uh, that that were at this game that came together. The tailgate was incredible. So from an experience standpoint, it was awesome. It felt like almost like a home game to a certain degree. So, But let's get into the game itself. We got to talk about the defense here, right? I mean, they, 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 they absolutely had a huge day. Nine sacks. They got after the quarterback. There was a bunch more hits. Uh, Five turnovers, four interceptions, one fumble recovery. We're really seeing that defensive line be able to apply pressure. And we're seeing pressure packages that aren't always blitzes. And I really like that about McDermott. You're seeing kind of his aggressive play calling and aggressive vision for the defense really come to fold. One thing about McDermott is he trusts his coordinators. So we saw Leslie Frazier's defense for the last five years, and it was more of a bend but don't break, play fundamental football, rally to the football, and make a team put together a 12 to 15 drive and go all the way way down the field and score in the red zone. You know, and and a lot of times teams did that but but would make a mistake or we'd hold them to three or we'd get a turnover because it's really hard to do that throughout the game. But at times it can be frustrating watching teams march down the field and put together long drives. So I'm, I'm really proud of McDermott, three-week scene here, uh, being able to see some of the pressure that's 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 happening from this this front four. Uh, the addition of Leonard Floyd was absolutely massive. Kind of went under the radar a little bit, but it's a big one. When we get Von Miller back, that's going to be a, a, even better. And it was nice to see some of the young guys like A.J. Epinesa get, uh, get, make a big play here with the pick six. Uh, that was a, a touchdown in the end zone that I was sitting in, so I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, and shout out to the safety, starting to get get it together a little bit. Week one, Jordan Poyer looked really old. Uh, Micah Hyde's coming off the knee. Uh, I'm sorry, the neck injury. It was nice to see them be after the football, really kind of secure the back end of the defense, not give up anything big. And then, of course, Micah Hyde's interception. And shout out Trey White for getting back in the in the uh, in the in the plus stands for the for the interception there. Um, so the defense was on point, Magnum Mills. I mean, that was a, a pretty historic day for them. It absolutely was a very impressive, especially to a guy who started Sam Howell in some super flex leagues. Uh, Sam Howell did not do very well. God forbid you were in a league that penalized for turnovers, for sacks. Yeah, you could have gotten some negative points. That was bad. 
Over on the offensive side, you saw Diggs with 12 targets. Nobody else had more than four. We still haven't seen anybody else kind of step up as that third wide receiver. Gabe Davis did have four targets. He was one of the guys there. But you had multiple players, four or five of them, with three to four targets. And then the, uh, you know, the, the Kincaid, the, the, you know, the, the D brothers, the double Ds, whatever you got to call them, uh, Don Kincaid, Dawson Knox, not combining for, a, you know, a lot in this game. And as a fantasy guy, you know, I, I love Dawson Knox, but I'm hoping Don Kincaid comes through. Uh, what's going on with kind of the way the ball is being distributed on the offense? Well, a couple of things. Number one, um, they're getting the, they're finding the, the, a way to get the Stefan Diggs involved in this game. He's lining up inside, outside, all over the place. And when the and when a play needs to be made, more times than not, um, Allen's going his way. I mean, I'm telling you, there were times where he was wide open. His route running was absolutely incredible this past weekend. Uh, Gabe Davis, you know, flashed on that big touchdown. He should have actually had two touchdowns. Um, it looked like he just got his foot out of bounds. It's funny, they don't play the replays uh, when you're the away team, so I couldn't see the replay on that one, but should have had two. Um, in terms of the third, it's almost like they're still trying to test out what they're doing. We're seeing uh, Deontay Hardy get a, get a lot of looks here, whether it's in kind of like a quick screen game or, you know, reverses or, or kind of like some of the some of the stuff that Isaiah McKenzie used to run. I think they really like his speed. They also tried to involve Trent Shearfield quite a bit uh, this, this, this past week. I think that was the most active I've seen him out of the first three weeks. So, you know, I, I think I think Dorsey is is putting a lot of stuff on tape. And what I th think he wants to do is find a rhythm of what works, where that third position is going to emerge. And I think we saw a little bit of it in the 12 personnel when they bring in the two tight ends. We can do that, but I think he wants to put enough on tape where they have to defend just more than that. So I think it's it's he's kind of pausing, going all in on it because I think he wants to develop uh, some other stuff. And they've also been running the ball a lot more too. I mean, you, you can't undershadow what James Cook has done um, so far this year. I mean, I think he's got 26 carries, 157 yards. Uh, he's averaging five plus a carry. So the, the guys, you know, we're, we're, we're running the football pretty well. Um, you know, and that's and he's splitting a little bit of time with Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. So there's more emphasis on the run game. And I think they're trying to spread it around a little bit more to give defenses more on film to prepare for. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, if you can't settle on a number two guy, use a lot of number three guys, kind of. You know, that's what NBA players or NBA teams, I should say, do a little bit when they have that one A star and they got a lot of, you know, a bunch of good guys, but they don't really have the one B to the one A. And I think the Bills are still looking for that when it comes, to, you know, to putting someone next to Diggs. They're hoping Kincaid can be that guy. It looks like James Cook is giving them a lot of optionality as far as a receiver and a runner. You know, but definitely good stuff. A lot better than it looked on, you know, opening week against the Jets. So. And I want to just say one more thing before we move on, because we got we got a big one coming up. And, and uh, you know, I was really critical of Brandon Bean and the brain trust in the front office of, of the Buffalo Bills for not addressing the middle linebacker position. Uh, we, we, you know, we've had Tremaine Edmonds there for five years. Um, we lost him in free agency. We knew we weren't going to be able to afford him when we gave money to Matt Milano, which that was absolutely the right decision to do. Matt Milano is an, is an absolute animal and deserves every single penny he gets. But we knew we weren't going to be able to afford 
Tremaine Edmonds. We watched him go become the highest paid middle linebacker in the league, go to Chicago. They really didn't do anything to address it. They, they had opportunities in free agency. They passed or they, it didn't work out. They didn't do anything in the draft. They drafted Dorian Williams, uh, I think third or fourth round, but but kind of got him pegged as, a, as an outside backer. Um, didn't really give him a chance to, to compete at that middle linebacker spot. And they just decided they were going to go in-house with this thing. And a lot of people forgot about Terrell Bernard because he got hurt last year. He flashed a little bit in preseason, got hurt, didn't really see the field a whole lot. And again, Tremaine Edmonds was, was pretty reliable. I'm really surprised here. We didn't get to see him in the preseason because you know a couple days before the first preseason game, he pulled a hamstring. So I was really stressing middle linebacker heading in. And for the first three games here, I know he's a tad bit undersized, but the guy is making plays and he was all over the field. I mean, two weeks in a row with an interception, the guy had two two sacks, seven uh, tackles, uh, an interception, a forced fumble, one pass defense. I mean, that's a really good day at the office. So if he keeps up that type of production, I, I think they plugged it in and kudos to them for finding him. I think he was, a, again, a third or a fourth round pick. So maybe even a fifth round if, if memory serves. But um, shout out to Terrell Bernard. He had a fantastic day and he's, you know, he's put together two really nice games for himself. Yeah, I mean, sometimes mother acts like they forgot about Terrell. Uh, it doesn't sound quite as good as the alternatives. Uh, how about a Mafia moment? Jamie G, you got a Mafia moment? For me, this one is always going to be special. It was Bills are in the red zone. Uh, the Josh Allen scramble for a touchdown. I was sitting right in that end zone as he came in and he and he did the layup and he came up and I'm row three. So he comes up row one. He's right there. We're screaming. We're hollering. Him, I love you, Josh. Everything. And he gives the, the, the commanders fan the fake. The fake out on the on the handshake. It was amazing. The team rushes in. I will never forget that moment. That was an incredible mafia moment to watch my favorite player uh rush the ball in for a touchdown in the end zone. I was sitting in, you know, just absolutely went wild. It was pure pandemonium and and just so much fun, man. So that that was a great moment for me. Lot to break down there. I believe that was a Van Miller shout out with the uh, pandemonium. And then Jamie G also shouting out Shock G, where Shock G famously said, you know, he was the one putting the satin on your panties. And uh, Jamie G, it sounds like Josh Allen was putting on the uh, proverbial satin on the panties for you uh, at uh, RFK. Oh, yes, he was. Field down there. Like, yeah, uh, he was doing it, doing it, and doing it well. That you won a game here. Uh, anything in particular you'd like to put on the Mafia mannequin? One other game, you're putting something on there. You know, he's got a sock. You're putting a, a sandal on there. You got a crock. Uh, you know, what kind of a uh, Bill Schwag you hooking the guy up with? Yeah, look, we're, we're, it's getting into, you know, I think first day of, of fall officially. So the weather's going to start to turn. we got to start getting some clothes on this thing. I'm going to put another sock on this guy. Uh, and this time I'm going to I want to put an actual game day sock uh, you know, that, that, that they wear on game field. So one of the socks would be uh, the home sock uh, that they wear on the game field. I think that would be a lot of fun. So we'll, let's start dressing this mannequin, man. We got we to we put some stuff on him. Well, you know, we're not saying you have a foot thing, but you do enjoy socks, apparently. So uh, nothing wrong with that. You got a good sock sure game. You, yeah, I'm sure your, your cat is named Socks on an unrelated note. You know, that's just how it works. Before we get into this week, let's break down the tail of the tape go ahead 
ring the bell. We've got the Buffalo Bills at home versus the Miami Dolphins. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. That's going to be the national game for most people on CBS. The Bills are currently three-point favorites. They are 143 minus 143 on the money line. Game total of 53 and a half points. Highest game total on the slate. Weather looks fairly good, fairly crisp autumn afternoon in western new york y'all gotta make some score predictions and uh before we move on jamie g who do you think was closer last week you or the soup deucer when you made your predictions uh soup deucer because i predicted this one to be a little i predicted it to be a little closer than it than it ended up being and i'm glad for that glad we lose that one to the soup any day Correct. You had a Bills 28, Commanders 22. Soup went with the 28, but he had Commanders with only the 10 points there. So uh, definitely a W for the Soup. So you got to tell the tape. You know how you did last week. Jamie G, give us your score prediction for week four. Man, this is going to be just an absolute dogfight, man. I expect this to be very stressful game for me these are these are the games that are fun but they also take years off your life as a bills fan bills mafia i know you, i know you feel me um i'm gonna i'm gonna go i think it's gonna be high scoring but not super high scoring i'm gonna say this game ends up being 35 31 give me my bills so that is a fair emphasis on the over if i'm hearing that correctly so yeah, even if you are somehow watching this, not being a Bills fan, I'm not sure what you're doing. Maybe you should become a Bills fan, but it should be a great game to watch. Right, Jamie G? Oh, I think it's the game of the week, man. I mean, these are two really good teams, two great offenses, two good defenses, division rivals. And, and honestly, these are the two teams that have kind of emerged over the first couple of weeks here. It's still early, right? It's still early on everything. We're only in week four. But these are the two teams so far that have kind of emerged as as the favorites to win this division, I think. You know, the Bills have won three years in a row, the AFC East. Miami's 3-0. Uh, they just put up 70 points. They're playing phenomenal football. Um, one thing that's interesting is Tua really hasn't gotten hit yet. They've done a lot. They do a lot in the in the um, in the pre-snap motions, and they do you know quick quick hits and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see if the Bills can get some pressure on Tua. Historically, they've been able to. If you remember last year, Week Two, that was kind of the infamous game where Matt Milano hit Tua and he fell backwards and he got the concussion, but then was allowed to play only to come back the next week and. Um, uh, and, and, and get another concussion that was absolutely terrible and horrifying to watch in, in Cincinnati. So uh, not that I'm hoping anything bad happens to any player. I hate injuries, but it'll be interesting to see if they can get some pressure on Tua, a couple hits on him to see if it, it, it just rattles him a little bit. I think that's going to be the key to success for the Bills defensively is, is you got to get some pressure on him. You got to slow down that running game. Correct. I think you are dead on there. In the, maybe one of the keys to being a successful member of the Bills Mafia is to check out the Mafia Minute probably very important because it's going to be a lot of buffalo bills talk happens every week you should check it out you find it wherever your podcast on the youtube we may or may not go through a table but you know tables are never safe when the bills are in the place and jamie g i don't know what do you think man should we do uh like a dawson's creek dawson's you know dawson knox's creek kind of thing uh or just do the traditional show what do you think Good question, but I got to stay true to it. I'm, this week, I'm doing the traditional shout, baby. Hey, go Bills. We'll see you right here next week. Go Bills. Just watch it happen now. Hey.